thank you and we praise you for your goodness and your faithfulness to us. Thank you for this grace. Grace that is greater than all of our sins. And Lord, you poured out your grace for us upon the cross. Through your blood which was shed for us and for our forgiveness, Lord, we have free entrance into your kingdom. And Lord, this is all made possible because of the great love that you have for us. So as we open your word today and uh, as we study from John chapter 3, verses 1 through 17, I pray that you would open our hearts, open our minds, so that we can hear from you today. And to once again be reassured in how marvelous and how wonderful and how powerful this grace is. It's in Jesus' name that we pray and all of God's children say, Amen. Would you please stand today as we read our gospel lesson from the third chapter of of John's gospel. This is the account of a visitor at night. A man comes and visits Jesus under the cloak of darkness. John 3, beginning with verse 1. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, We speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, But you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things, you do not believe. How can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Nicodemus is probably one of the most fascinating figures in the New Testament narrative of Jesus' life. Here's a man who comes to Jesus under the cloak of darkness. Well, what do we learn about Nicodemus from the Bible? Let me give you a little introduction 
to Nicodemus. First of all, number one, Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He was a Pharisee. But not only was he a Pharisee, he was a ruler of the Jews. He was a ruler of the Jews. He was actually a member of of a very powerful group called the Sanhedrin. And as a part of that very powerful group, he had a lot of influence. And then secondly, Nicodemus, he stood up for Jesus. He stood up for Jesus. And we see this in John 7 when the council of the Sanhedrin uh, were angry with Jesus and they wanted to put Jesus to death. Nicodemus stood up for Jesus. And then the third thing that we learn about Nicodemus from the scriptures is that Jesus, uh, his body was prepared for burial by Nicodemus and another man named Joseph of Arimathea. And we read that in John 19. So Nicodemus, a Pharisee, a member of the Sanhedrin, who stood up for Jesus and was there at the darkest hour when Jesus died to prepare Jesus' body for burial. No doubt in my mind that Nicodemus was a believer and that one day we will meet Jesus, or Nicodemus, we'll meet Jesus and Nicodemus in heaven. But why did Nicodemus visit Jesus by night? Why would he come by night under the cloak of darkness? Why would you visit somebody at night under the cloak of darkness? We may not know the exact reason why Nicodemus came at night. Maybe it's because Nicodemus feared his fellow Pharisees. He didn't want to be seen with Jesus. Maybe it was because the rabbis, the Jewish clergy of the day, would talk about deep spiritual things at night. We don't know why Nicodemus visited Jesus by night, but we do know this, that Nicodemus did not approach Jesus with pretense, but he came with humility. Nicodemus truly sought after Jesus with a humble heart, a heart that was truly open and seeking to know the answer, who is this Jesus? So I ask you the question today, are you an honest seeker? Do you seek after the Lord? Do you seek to know Him better? Normally, we we don't tell people to be like a Pharisee, right? We actually discourage people from being like Pharisees. But in the case of Nicodemus, I encourage you to be like him. To earnestly seek, to seek to know him. So that you would grow in the truth and in the knowledge of who Jesus is. So are you an honest seeker like Nicodemus? Do you seek 
to know the Lord. Not just to know him, but to know him. To know who he is and to know what he has accomplished and done for you. So normally we say, don't be like a Pharisee, because the Pharisees, they're legalistic, they're self-righteous. But with Nicodemus, we say, be like Nicodemus. With honesty and sincerity, seek to know Jesus. So John 3, 1 through 17, is foundational to our faith. If we want to know who Jesus is and what Jesus has accomplished for us, we go to John chapter 3, and we probably uh, could take just one verse of John chapter 3, John 3.16, and we know why Jesus came. We know that he came because he loves us. But I have three points today from John 3.17, or 3.1 through 17 which are foundational to our faith as as biblical, born-again Christians. So this is the ABCs of our faith. So this passage from John 3 reveals, number one, number one, the human condition. The human condition. What is your condition and what is my condition apart from Christ? So first of all, it reveals the human condition. Number two, it reveals the divine provision. The divine provision. What has Jesus provided for you? What has God provided for you in Jesus? And then number three, the divine means. How does Jesus deliver that provision to use. So we're going to go through the three of these. So first of all, the human condition. What is the human condition? Well, the human condition is spiritual death. Apart from Jesus, we are dead in our trespasses and sins. And that is why Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This term, born again, answers the the, the problem that humanity has, and that is that we are spiritually dead. Therefore, we need to be born again. We need to literally be born from above. Why do we need to be born again? Because apart from the new birth that comes from above, that comes from God, I am dead in my trespasses and sins, and so are you. So the human condition is spiritual death. And then Ephesians 2, 4 through 5 adds to this. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were what? Even when we were dead in our trespasses, he did what? He made us alive together with Christ. By grace, You have been saved. So the human condition is spiritual death. Dead and trespasses and sins. We need to be made alive. We need to be born again. We need to be born from above. We need that miracle that only Jesus can do in our hearts to make us alive. To be born again. So the human condition apart from Jesus is spiritual death. Now here's the thing. Your heart might be functioning perfectly. Your neurons may be firing 
perfectly. My neurons are not firing perfectly all the time, but maybe yours are. You may go to the doctor and the doctor may say that you are a textbook example of health. Physically, you're, you're, you're well and you're alive, but did you know that you can be spiritually or that you can be physically healthy yet spiritually dead? You can be alive in your body, the textbook example of health, yet dead spiritually. So are you alive? Have you been born again? Do you trust in the Lord Jesus as your Savior? This is important. Jesus said, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. In other words, unless you are born again, you cannot enter into God's kingdom, which is the kingdom of salvation and the kingdom of life for eternity with him. So the human condition is spiritual death, and the only way to escape spiritual death is to be born again, to repent, say, Lord, I am a sinner, and I trust in your one and only Son. Jesus Christ. So the only way to escape spiritual death is to be born again, that is to repent and to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ who gives everlasting life. So the human condition is spiritual death and now we go to the divine provision. The divine provision is new birth by the death of Jesus. That is God's provision for you. He gives you the new birth, and it comes to you by the death of Jesus Christ. In John 3, 14 through 16, we read, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. I don't know if you remember the story from the Old Testament book of Numbers when the snakes were sent by God to bite the people for their rebellion. God instructed Moses to place a bronze serpent on a pole and that if anybody were to look at the bronze serpent, he would be cured of the venom of the snake bite. It was through the symbol or the image of death that life came to the Israelites. And the same is true for you. It is by death that life is given to you. It is by the death of Jesus Christ upon the cross. By his horrible and painful death, you are saved. Your new birth comes by the death of Jesus. And only Jesus could die to pay the penalty for humanity's sins. This is the divine provision. New birth by the death of Jesus. I guess you could say that Jesus is your life jacket. Jesus is your life jacket. On February 3rd, 1943, the SS 
Dorchester was transporting troops. I have a picture of this on the screen. A German U-boat torpedo hit this, this uh, German U-boat torpedoes hit the ship and the ship immediately began to sink. And the ship was in such peril and it listed in such a way that lifeboats couldn't be launched uh, to, uh, to take all of the soldiers on. The lights of the ship immediately went out. Men were in pitch black. They were told by their captain, because of the danger of the area they were sailing through, to wear their life jackets. But they took them off because they were uncomfortable. They didn't wear the life jacket, even after the captain had ordered that they would, that they should. The lights went out. They couldn't find their life jackets. So four army chaplains on board began to calm the men down. And these four army chaplains began to give them instructions to orderly evacuate the ship. The four army chaplains handed life jackets to the men. And soon, the army chaplains had no more life jackets to hand to the men. So what do these chaplains do? They took off their own life jackets. And they handed them to men who needed them. And the ship went down. So these four chaplains sacrificed their lives to save the lives of four men. One witness of this act of heroism is quoted as saying, As I swam away from the ship, I looked back. The flares had lighted everything. The bow of the ship came up high, and she slid under. The last thing I saw, the four chaplains were up there praying for the safety of the men. They had done everything they could. The witness says, I did not see them again. They themselves did not have a chance without their life jackets. That sacrifice, that act of heroism, reminds us of Jesus. He sacrificed his life upon the cross for your salvation. This is true, this is real. It was done for you, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the sacrifice for our sins. Are you wearing that life jacket today? You trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. So the human condition is spiritual death. The divine provision is new birth by the death of Jesus. It's by the death of Jesus that we're given new life. The number three is the divine means. And the divine, the, the divine means are water and the word. Water and the Word. How is salvation applied to us? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. 
So today we come to the means. The means of our salvation is God's Word. The Scripture says that faith comes by hearing and by the sacraments. The Word and sacraments are the means through which the gift of the new birth are delivered to us. And so this water reminds us of our baptism. Now remember the sacrament of baptism is not just water, but it's water joined with the Word of God. It's water joined with the promise of God. It's the promise that accomplishes exactly what the Bible says it accomplishes. Look at Romans 6, 3 through 4. And this is true of you today. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk, what? In newness of life. Did you know that your baptism is not a work that you do for God? But your baptism is a work that God has done for you? And by means of water and the word, he has joined you to the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that you would be born again to walk in newness of life. Trust this promise today. Believe. You baptize. been joined to the death of Jesus. You've died with Christ and you've risen with Christ. You are born again. Then from Acts chapter 2, after Peter preached the first sermon of the church, the people heard the message and this is how they responded. Now when they had heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, What? Repent. And what? Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. For what purpose? For the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he says, for the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. The call of the church today is no different than it was 2,000 years ago. You must be born again. You must be rescued by Jesus through his sacrifice upon the cross. To have eternal life, you must be rescued by Jesus. This is his gift and his promise to you. So the call of the church is the same. Repent and be baptized. 
Have you repented? Are you walking in repentance today? Do you have sorrow over sin? Are you trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ alone for your salvation? You see, Jesus has provided a life jacket for the world. Jesus has handed you a life jacket. And his desire today is that you would be dressed in it so that you can live for eternity. So don't resist him. Don't harden your hearts. Trust in Jesus. Receive his grace today. Just like Peter said, repent and be baptized. Today, not tomorrow, not sometime down the road, but repent and be baptized today. And for those of you listening to me who do believe and who have been baptized, this message is for you too. I preach the gospel, not just for the unbelievers who walk in, but I preach it to you. We need to hear it every week because we forget it every day. We need to hear the basics of John 3.16 every week because we forget it every day. And we forget who we are and what Christ has made us by his grace through the promises given to us in his word and the promise that is attached to your baptism. So trust his word of promise given to you today. And know that you've been set right with God, not through your own efforts or through your own works, but through Jesus Christ. For God so loved you, sitting here today, members of Maple Park Church, baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. For God so loves you that he gave his one and only Son, that if you believe in him, you have everlasting life. You have life today and life for eternity. Let's pray. Lord, may we seek to know you more as Nicodemus sought to know you more. May we seek after you with our whole heart. Lord Jesus, we need you. We call on your name. And Lord Jesus, because you've come to us, we thank you. Thank you for this grace and this mercy. And I pray now that as we hear the message uh, that's uh, given to the children, Lord, that that would continue to ground us and to strengthen us in your truths. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.